When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I used to think that this was my town. What a stupid thing to think. I hear you biting off a brain now. I myself am on the brain. I used to want to be a real man. Hello, friends. Welcome back to a new episode of Three Swings. I'm Rhea Butcher, your host. That's me. Thanks so much for listening. I met a ton of you three Bs. That's what I'm going with right now. You diamond dogs, you. On the road. Um, there's even a gal who made her own, if you liked it, you liked it shirt. Shout out to you. I'll post you on my Instagram. Um, all the shows were so wonderful. Thanks to everybody that came out to them, especially the shows since my last episode, which would be, who would that be? Kansas City, St. Louis, Grand Rapids, trying to remember the order of everything, Indianapolis, Fort Wayne, all of y'all were after the last episode, which was a doozy. I hope everybody rode that emotional roller coaster with me. Um, I think partially I had a real experience of going back in time and going to that thing and recounting what it was. And then also I was back home in my house. So, hey, every time I think I'm going to go back home, I miss my hometown. And like, I do miss my hometown. Then I'm actually there and I'm like, oh my God, I'm experiencing all the emotional stuff from the past again. <laughs> So thanks to everybody for listening to it. Um, I do want to mention that in the midst of it, I neglected to mention uh, Tony Stone, Connie Morgan, and Mamie Peanut Johnson, three women who played in the Negro Leagues, who were not allowed to play in the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League um, because of segregation. So shout out to them, um, which will lead me to my sort of longer section. I am going to warn you all, this is going to be a shorter episode because as you might be able to tell, I'm kind of fighting off a cold. When I checked into my hotel in Kansas City, which was my la- literally my last stop before going home, my last show, it was a great show. Thanks to everybody that came out. The Record Bar is a wonderful venue. They've moved across town into a new spot. They're doing some wonderful shows. There's like a... a uh, working class uh, labor show that they're doing in May. So please check that out. Um, also in St. Louis, that venue was also wonderful. Uh, the Ready Room was pretty fantastic. Comics on that show are wonderful and on Kansas City and in Indianapolis and in Fort Wayne. Everyone was wonderful. Um, and shout out to the Lancaster Barnstormers and Fort Wayne Tin Caps, the two independent minor league teams 
that I got to kind of be around when I was on tour. Uh, but anyway, this is going to be a short episode because I kind of picked up a cold in Kansas City and I'm battling that and trying not to get fully sick because I have shit I have to do. I'm back home now. This stuff ain't going to do itself. You understand. I think that should also be another shirt that you make for yourself, lady that made shirts for yourself. It should just be, you understand. (laughs) I say that probably too much. I'm sorry to the people who are personally bothered by that. I get it. I used to have an office job. I used to listen to podcasts. That's why I got into this whole thing. And when people repeated things over and over again, it drove me out of my mind. So I'm sorry, but I can't help it. It's going to be a short episode. Uh, I also didn't get to watch as much baseball as I thought I was going to get to watch while I was on tour. You know, before when I was touring, I was touring with my wife, Cameron Esposito, uh, leader and host of other fantastic podcasts like Put Your Hands Together, which I am also a part of, but also QueryCast, which you should check out um, right now if you haven't yet. Um, she and I would travel together, so that would give me more free time than I realized, because it was just the two of us, so sometimes she would drive, and I could do stuff, or see stuff, or think about stuff, um, whereas this time, I was mostly driving, and what I mostly did was listen to Cocaine and Rhinestones. Hey, I'm gonna plug somebody else's podcast, whatever. One day, he'll plug mine, who cares? So I couldn't really, because also, I don't know if you've uh, experienced using the AtBat app trying to listen to games if you are moving. It's totally fine if you're in your house, not even walking around. Like, I've used it a little bit for walking around, but um, I found, unless it's been updated, which I haven't even checked because I didn't want the frustration of getting sucked into a game and then not being able to listen to it, um, it really doesn't work well on cellular networks because it just would restart (laughs) every three minutes Um, which is very difficult for baseball game listening. Um, So I just, I didn't really listen to any games. Um, And I couldn't really watch any either. Honestly, the game that I watched was that Giancarlo's first Platinum Sombrero and Didi Gregorius's three home run game. That was three home runs, right? He got the curtain call. Um, That was the night that I tried to go to a Reds game, which I absolutely knew was going to get canceled, and it did, so I didn't get to go to any baseball games either, which is uh, not whining about it, just saying for the purposes of this podcast, I kind of wanted to do that. I did get to drive by Kauffman Stadium when I was in Kansas City. I stayed very near by Bush Stadium, which has been rebuilt in St. Louis. Also, side note to all my fellow Bar Rescue fans... I drove right past the bar that is across the street from uh, Bush Stadium and was on Bar Rescue. It's a fully functioning bar now. I think somebody else probably bought it. That's some prime real estate, and I can't believe that they couldn't figure that shit out. Anyway, it was nighttime. I couldn't stop. Um, Didn't get to go to a game at all, which is fine. And then just last night, I watched... Anybody else watch ESPN coverage of baseball? I am on the fence about whether I love it or hate it. And I think that's kind of ESPN's bread and butter these days. (laughs) Not to shit on ESPN, whatever. There's a lot of great people that work for that uh, thing. I just think part of me like kind of loves it that I can be watching a game and then something else is happening. So we check into that game and then we stick around at that game for a little bit and then we pop back over. I kind of liked it. I I like the AtBat app because you can watch two games at once and I'm so far behind on this season having all this travel and stuff. I haven't sat down and watched a full game yet, which is bonkers. I have a baseball podcast. I understand. But 
this is what's going on for me. So it's actually a nice way for me to be like, okay, what's happening? Who's doing what? Where are we at? Who's winning? Who's doing what? Um, so last night I watched, uh, you know, Yankees and Marlins, which we didn't stick around for that too much of that 12 to one game. Um, and I watched the Mets collapse against the nationals. Here I am finding myself in 2018 cheering for the Mets. I don't even really dislike the nationals that much. I mean, I'm, I, I do not like Daniel Murphy. He is on the DL, so I don't have to see him. And so it makes it a lot easier for me to be like happy to watch the nationals play. Um, but I will say, happy to see the Mets kind of pulling it together. They also have a lot of domestic abusers on their team. And I'm going to be fully honest, I had to pick up Familia because I literally have no closer on my team. Um, I tried to do a bunch of research about his issue. I am unsure what's going on with that one. I can't tell if it's one where his partner actually did want to stop this or if she was pressured into it. I cannot tell, and I apologize for having this person on my team. As soon as I can get rid of him, I will. That being said, felt very bad for the Mets collapse last night. I, yikes. I'm liking seeing all these teams that we didn't think were going to do well, do well, like the Pirates, who have benefited from a good start to their schedule, um, and uh, the Mets, who have benefited less from a good start to their schedule and more just so... uh, Hitting situationally, which is what I would say is the biggest hole in the Dodgers offense thus far. The the biggest plague, I think, in Major League Baseball period, but specifically to the Los Angeles Dodgers, is trying to hit a home run at every in every at-bat. Look, Aaron Judge is Aaron Judge. Like, he's already got that in the bag. Like, be a situational hitter. This is why Altuve is... The MVP, like he doesn't try to hit a home run every time he's at bat. You have to get on base. Get on base. Get on base is a very good mantra for life because it means just do the best you can with what you've got. Don't try to hit a home run every time. You're not Bryce Harper hitting a home run with a broken bat, which has literally never happened before, which looks like something out of the natural and or the sandlot. You can't do that every time. And so these uppercut swings, this fly ball revolution, these exit velocity numbers, all these percentages mean nothing. If you're someone like Joey Gallo, who has 53 home runs and 50 singles on his career. Now, Joey Gallo plays first base for the Texas Rangers or third base. I can't remember. I'm a little sick and I don't like looking things up when I'm talking. So get mad at me if you want to. I've been playing Roto, so he slots into either one. Whatever. No, he plays first base because Adrian Beltre plays third base and is the designated hitter for the Texas Rangers. Thank you for giving me a moment to get there. I appreciate it. Joey Gallo. Now, if you are one of the my people in my audience whom I love, who are not huge baseball fans, but just like to hear me talking about this thing, let me give you this example. There was an image of Joey Gallo on Instagram last night that said, Joey Gallo now has more home runs, 53, than he has singles, 50. Now, you might look at that statistic and go, whoa, crazy, that's cool. I will tell you how to decode that information. You should always have more singles than you have home runs. You should never have more home runs than you have singles. Because that means if you have more home runs than you do singles, that means everything in between is strikeouts. 
Strikeouts are bad, my friends. That means you struck out and you didn't get on base. And what did I just say a second ago? You gotta get on base. If you can't get on base, you're not doing anything for your team. It doesn't matter if it's only a single. It doesn't matter if you draw the walk. It doesn't matter if you get hit by pitch. It doesn't matter if you lay down a bunt and you make it to first. It doesn't matter if you get there and you force a bad throw. It doesn't matter. Did you get on base? That's all that matters. That's it. That's all that matters. Did you get on base? I don't care. Get on base. That's it. This is my leadoff philosophy. You can carry it throughout your life. It applies to literally everything. Did you go on a job interview? Did you feel like you didn't do the best you could have done because you were scared and you've never applied for a job before? Or... The person was intimidating or you felt like you wore the wrong outfit or you felt like you weren't the right fit for the job or whatever other reason, guess what? You got on base. And now the next time that you go into an interview where you feel like you didn't wear the right thing or you didn't say the right thing or you didn't say something, you're going to think about it before you go into that interview and you will feel a little bit better. So the next time you go on that interview, you're going to hit a double. Then the next time you're going to hit a triple. And then the next time, guess what? You're going to hit a home run. Get on base. That's all that matters. That's it. It applies to dating. Not sexually. (laughs) I just mean meeting people. Did you meet someone? Were you nice to them? Did you take a moment and listen to what they were saying and form a thought based on what they were saying, not based on what you wanted to say? That's a single. This is not anything that I plan to talk about. (laughs) I don't plan anything, which is why I'm talking about this. So anyway, that's my intro to this episode, I think. Let's see, we'll be back and I'm going to talk about fantasy baseball for just a second. And then after that, I'll talk about my brief but wonderful uh, and uh, transcendent trip to the uh, Negro Leagues Baseball Museum in Kansas City. All right, Three Swings listeners, three Bs, my diamond dogs, what you up to? We're back. I'm going to briefly talk about fantasy baseball. My producer, Brett, is also in my league, so I feel like he gets to see a look into my psyche. I definitely purposely drafted badly. I think I did that on purpose because I wanted to put myself through something. Because now I'm scrambling for pitcher matchups to try to find the outfielder that's hitting really well, who's got a good matchup coming up. Hey, who's playing the Rays? Who's playing Miami? That's basically where I'm at for the rest of the season. I just dropped Quintana. I couldn't do it. He netted me negative 10.5 last week. I just can't do it. I dropped him and I picked up Sean Manea. That might go badly. I'm not sure. But the A's are going to play the Rangers a bunch. Um, They're also going to play the Mariners. And I don't know, Houston got perfect gamed by Bartolo Colon. So I feel like Sean Manea is a good pick. At this point. And I think he's an ace in the making. I mean, Daniel Medgen, whatever his name is, um, from the Oakland A's through, what, eight shutout innings the other night? Um, so anyway, there are many aces. I, di- I got zero aces. Uh, I also feel like maybe the other people in my fantasy league listen to this. If you do, stop listening. Um, still waiting for Joey Votto to hit the ball. He's not, for whatever reason. So that was a bad choice on my part. Uh, and Ronald Acuna is like probably never going to get called up. So that was a weird stash. I don't know why I got that trade target. We'll see. Um, I need to get a pitcher, but so do other people. Would love to get a second day starter. Not sure that's going to happen. 
that's who I'm looking for. And that's about it. I don't know who else to look for. But let's next week, how about everybody, um, let's do a Twitter rosin bag. Let's bring the rosin bag back. And um, why don't you send me either questions or comments about your fantasy team, my fantasy team, strategies, what you're looking at, um, who you, what kind of predictions you use, which teams you think are going to regress, what players you think are going to regress. How about this question? I would love to hear what you guys think about um, how helpful a two-day starter actually can be. Because, like, I'm not fully invested in that, although I will say I picked up both Nick Pavetta and Mike Folkowitz this week, (laughs) who are pitching against each other today, the day that I'm recording this. Um, Atlanta is... Offense is very productive. However, the Phillies have the lowest uh, run production in the National League. So let's see. A bit of a rubber match. Maybe I could get some good points on both sides. Or is it going to blow up in my face like it usually does? We'll see. So send me those questions. Send me those comments. I can't wait to talk about it. Fantasy baseball is a problem. And it's also my favorite thing on the planet. I will be back after this to talk about my experience at the Negro League Baseball Museum in Kansas City. Rhea Butcher here to talk to you more about the underwear that I love. If you've been listening to Three Swings, you know that I am a huge fan of Tomboy X underwear. They make underwear that not just fits my body, it fits my body. You understand? They make me feel good. I like their soft bras because it's kind of like a sports bra but it doesn't have like the thick armor, which I also like, but it's nice because it's not as bulky. You see, it's supportive, but not bulky. I feel like I'm taking a day off. You get it? So it's time to stop wearing underwear that doesn't make you feel confident, underwear that has more frills than function, or underwear your mom got you to fem you up. You don't have to wear that anymore. It's time for you to wear underwear that's made to fit you and how you see yourself. Tomboy X. Tomboy X has everything from bikinis, briefs, boxer briefs, trunks, and boy shorts to soft bras, like I said, and racerback bras. All in everyday basic colors and fun seasonal prints, and all with options from extra small to 4X. Regardless of where you fall on the size or gender spectrum, Tomboy X offers amazing underwear that anybody, you see, can feel comfortable in. So go to TomboyX.com baseball and check out their special bundles and pack pricing. Three Swings listeners... We'll get an extra 15% off with code BASEBALL. Again, just use the code BASEBALL for an extra 15% off. Ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. Go to TomboyX.com baseball. All right, three Bs, here we are. Like I said, this is a short episode. I apologize for it being so brief. I'm already running out of energy recording this thing. I appreciate you. I hope you know that. I appreciate you. Thanks for anybody that listens to this podcast, because it's really just me thinking out loud. And that's something I've always wanted to do. Um, So I appreciate you for listening to this and telling people, um, please do the tell your one friend about this. Um, And also, uh, in addition to the previous rosin bag question that I asked everyone, Um, if there's other things that you want me to talk about on this podcast that are outside of baseball, but you want to hear me give my opinion on them, please send those along my way. I'd love to do that. I think baseball is a place that we find a lot of community. And I also think that baseball has, um, a lot of politics in it. And I think that it's a great place to talk about those things. Oh, this is something I should talk about. I went to the 
Negro League Baseball Museum in Kansas City, which I highly recommend going to visit if you are in Kansas City. There's also a jazz museum there in the same sort of, there's a complex on Vine Street of, and there's an old jazz, like just an old theater called The Gem. And just like the block is sort of preserved and it's very cool. Um, It was freezing and snowing. And I also had minimal time before I had to get to the airport. So I didn't really get to explore as much as I wanted to. Um, But the baseball museum is only $10. um, And I think you should absolutely go. But I happened to go to that museum on Jackie Robinson Day. And for those who are um, not baseball fans, new baseball fans, um, listening to the podcast because they like to listen to me talk. Jackie Robinson Day is a day in baseball that's been happening since the mid-2000s um, where every player in the league wears the number 42 on their jersey with no name on the back. The Major League Baseball decided to retire the number 42 throughout every team in honor of Jackie Robinson. And so uh, I believe Mariano Rivera was one of the last players to wear 42. I'm sure there's another one after that, but he's less famous. Um, So no one can wear 42 ever again in Major League Baseball, unless they change the rule, which, hey, uh, time marches on, so you never know. But so far, that's what's happening. No one can wear the number 42. And I will say, when I was coming back to baseball on this day, sort of free of the day-to-day, the season-by-season conversation and just sort of wading my way back into the sport that I so loved and missed and cherished. I, as just a human being, turning a game on and seeing every player wearing the same number was, it is a, a transcendent experience. It is powerful to see that, to see everyone wearing this one number and everyone acknowledging him at least as a human being, and by the number that he wore. I don't know that every player acknowledges and embraces everything that Jackie Robinson did or stood for. I I mean, I know that to be true, but you cannot require people to think what you want them to think. And so at the very least, they are wearing that jersey and participating in this thing and saying Jackie Robinson wore number 42. Today, we all wear number 42. Um, And I say all this like goopy stuff because at the same time, then you look at the numbers of black slash African-American players in the league. And it's something like 5% of the league is black African-American. And that is not great. (laughs) Um, That's definitely more than one person, uh, which was how many were playing when Jackie Robinson first set foot on a, a major league baseball field. But is that really that much better? I mean, there's not, it's the New York Mets have no black players or coaches in their organization. That is bonkers. And that is what we should be talking about on Jackie Robinson day. That is what Jackie Robinson would be talking about if he were alive to see that today. Uh, Jackie Robinson is a complex man. I talked about his autobiography in an earlier episode and I highly recommend reading it. I highly, highly, highly recommend reading it. He is a man whose belief system evolved and changed over the years. He is someone who questioned the motivations of the white people helping him or (laughs) forcing him to do the things that he did or pushing him to do the things that he did. He was aware of what was going on when it was happening, and he is not a man who shut up and played. So I encourage everyone who, including myself, myself included, who 
wear the number 42 or wear Jackie Robinson socks or uh, look at the pictures of Jackie Robinson and think about Jackie Robinson and what he did and what he stood for. Question what you believe those things to be. Don't believe them to be the things that the color commentators on television or the ESPN or MLB Network tells you they are with the, you know, music and the cues. I mean, in 1972, Jackie Robinson said he would not stand for the flag. Jackie Robinson would not stand for the flag. He was a military veteran who was court-martialed because he would not sit on a bus. (laughs) So please, look into the history of this man, a a complex, complicated, passionate man who sacrificed his life to do this. He did not just waltz into playing baseball. He suffered violence on a daily basis to not only his body, but his psyche. And I guarantee you, his life on this earth was shortened because of what he did. And not only did he sacrifice, his children sacrificed and his wife, Rachel, sacrificed. His wife, who was trailblazing her own path as a a, a woman who worked, who was also in the military or was not allowed in the military, a whole thing. So please look into those things. Please make your belief system elastic and keep digging into these people and these ideas that are propped up in our culture as the ultimate. They are the ultimate, but perhaps not for the reasons that people tell you. Perhaps these reasons are not as simple as you think. So that being said, um, I went to the Negro League Museum on Jackie Robinson Day, uh, 2018. I was really looking forward to it. And I thought for a moment I wasn't going to get to go because it didn't open until noon. And my flight, I had to drop off a rental car and I had to get to a flight. Turns out, ended up, my flight was delayed. I could have absolutely stayed a little bit longer, you know, with Big Red. But I couldn't because I didn't know that at the time. And so I waited outside until they unlocked the doors with a couple other people. I wore my uh, freshly received Montreal Royals Jackie Robinson hat from Ebbets Vintage. Check them out, by the way. If you're super into old stuff like I am, they make their all their goods in the United States on premises. They make uh, throwback hats, flannel caps from the Negro Leagues, some uh, movie stuff, then also just, you know, baseball caps of the past. They've been doing collegiate stuff. They make um, flannels and flannel uh, baseball jerseys. Also, many of the jerseys on exhibit at the Negro Baseball League Museum are from Ebbets Flannels. So what the heck? It's very cool. They also make some really great t-shirts and sweatshirts and stuff. So give them a look. They have, they're 20% off right now, I believe, for opening day. So check that out. They have some Portland Mavericks gear that is very, very cool. Um, And then if you're not into baseball stuff, they've got some old throwback hockey stuff and throwback football stuff. So check that out. Anyway, so I wore that hat and I went into the museum. And I have to say... You know, I went to, quote, art school. I went to the University of Akron, the Meyer School of Art, which, if you don't follow me on Instagram, number one, you should. And number two, go to my Instagram stories, because I saved this story. I went back to my art school um, when I was back in Akron and uh, wandered around a little bit. So there's some pictures from my uh, print shop, some pictures of a painting teacher that I had, a photo teacher that I didn't have, but who I was friends with who is the curator right now of the Emily Davis Gallery at the Meyer School of Art at the University of Akron. He also is a curator 
if not the curator at the Akron Art Museum, which has a wonderful art collection, Arnie Tunstall. So check them out. Check that out on my Instagram. And I also have a companion Instagram story that's saved from the Negro League Museum. So please check that out. There's a couple videos. I took some photos. I asked if I was allowed to. They said, please do. So I took some photos of some of the stuff that stuck out to me. And I have to say, it's been a minute since I've been to a museum, which is silly because, like I said, I went to art school. And I think I'm going to make a point to go to more museums because this was such a wonderful experience, however short it was. Uh, Number one, I learned that one of the first, if not the first, Negro League baseball teams was the Akron Black Tyrites. What? I had no idea. You learn something new every day. So I'm trying to find some stuff on that. Um, Very cool. Very interesting. I just have to say I was astonished by the amount of stuff that they had, like just ephemera of the days of this. Because I don't just mean like baseball stuff, like ticket stubs and programs, that stuff, absolutely. I mean that stuff. They also had turnstiles and seats from the stadiums. They had, there was a a bag from somebody that played for the Cleveland Buckeyes, World Series champions in 1945. They had a a tin of Vaseline that they owned, maybe for pitching, maybe also for uh, personal hygiene. (laughs) Who knows? And then like a protective cup. From that era, they also had two um, sort of like, I forget what you would call it, but with mannequins and stuff, they had like a a physical illustration, a diorama, if you will, of what like a hotel room at a black-owned hotel would be like for these players to stay at. And then like a Cuban-American barber shop and like the radio that you would have maybe caught the game on. And all of these things that were just, I just mean, it was immersive and wonderful and They had so many things I couldn't, I I wish I would have had the entire day to just go through the whole thing and read every plaque and see every name and look at every jersey and spend 20 minutes looking at the satchel page wall. But I didn't have that and I'll get to go back and do it again. I also spent the most amount of time uh, checking out the Connie Morgan, Tony Stone and maybe Peanut Johnson busts, which they recently added. And there's a photo of Maybe Johnson and um, Monet Davis. There's a picture of Maybe Johnson and Monet Davis. And I just, those seeing those moments, seeing those loops connected are powerful moments to me. And I think overall viewing this museum and seeing this collection, I just was thinking how, how difficult it must have been to keep all these things. When you think of all the factors When you think of all the factors for anything that you go see in a museum that wasn't stolen from someone else's land or their property, but when you go to see a museum and you see something that someone has saved, and you think about all the factors that went into how hard that must have been to save it, I mean, it's just, it's a, you know, it's a living monument to a time that continues. Um, The last part of the museum, when you first walk in, you look through a chicken wire fence, which is probably what every baseball field would have had around it at the time. Um, And you stand next to Buck O'Neill with his leg up on the windowsill managing the game. And you look out into a a baseball field of life-size statues of Satchel Paige and other players and umpires. And... It's built to look like a real state, real baseball field, stadium, field, whatever you want to call it at the time. And then at the end, you get to walk through it. 
And it's so well thought out and so well curated and so well structured. It was just such a wonderful experience. And I'm, I, I'm really grateful that I got to go there before I went to Cooperstown because I think that, I don't know, there's just, sometimes there's an importance to something being first. And, you know, when you talk about Jackie Robinson, he was the first, well, he wasn't the first. He was the first to play in white baseball. He was the first black man to play in white baseball. There were a lot of black men and a lot of black women who played baseball. And he knows that before he did. So to get to see these men and these women who played baseball, who managed baseball, who loved baseball, to think of all the crowds that watched these people play because they loved the sport, because they loved doing it, because they were good at it. (laughs) I'm really grateful that I got to go there and see it. I bought a mug, I bought a pin, and I bought Curveball, which I'm going to read, and I highly recommend you pick it up also. So that's my story of the Negro League Baseball Museum. I didn't get to spend a lot of time there, but it will get to spend a lot of time in me, that's for sure. If you're in Kansas City or nearby, you should definitely check it out if you haven't checked it out already. I really think it's wonderful. I'd love to have Greg Proops on again to talk about his experience going there, because I think he got a guided tour by the president, which is pretty cool, pretty rad, pretty great. So wrapping up, I just want to tell everybody, I also didn't get a chance to stop by the Trailblazer series, which looked like they had even more stuff going on this season, which is really great and wonderful and beautiful. I hope to get back there next year. Come on, ESPN. I know I bashed you up top. (laughs) I was just joshing. ESPN or somebody send me to this thing. I will bring so many more eyes to it. I want to be a part of your Trailblazer series. I want to watch these girls, these kids kick ass. It was very cool to watch it. There was a tweet last night about the team that won. They Gatorade, they, they Gatorade bombed their coach, and the tweet said, it really speaks volumes to what this weekend did for these girls to feel comfortable with, with a, vet, a vet player um, that they could do that to her. And the fact that she let them do it, I mean, just think about, like, these girls don't get to do that. These girls are, this is maybe one of the first times that they're playing with all girls. Like, they're all probably the only girl playing. There was also a story on Deadspin about these two men in New Hampshire conspiring to bean a girl, bean means to throw at your head, in practice so that she would quit. I mean, that's the stuff that girls are up against. Girls, kids, non-binary kids, trans kids, whatever. I'm trying to figure out a term to talk about that side of everything. I don't like saying non-cis white hetero because it's like, I I don't want to define people by what they aren't. I want to define people by what they are. So anyway, I think that this Trailblazer series is really wonderful. And shout out to Justine Siegel for getting this ball rolling. She does not get enough credit for this. But I, for one, am going to give her credit for this because I know how hard she's worked basically her whole life to do this. This is the Trailblazer series. It has been Justine Siegel's life's work. And I think everyone is lucky to find a life's work, but when you can actually do it and see it come to fruition, it's a wonderful thing. So I want to make sure that she gets her due. She is the first woman to throw batting practice for a professional baseball team, specifically one in the major leagues, which was the Cleveland baseball team. Her batting practice jersey is on display at Cooperstown. So she's legit. She's been doing this. She's been working her ass off for years. She's been... uh 
helping girls, kids play baseball, keeping them in the sport, fighting the uh, <laughs> the little league organizations to let women play. She's like really fighting the good fight and kicking the door open. And sometimes the she kicks the door open, everybody gets in, and the door gets shut in her face. So shout out to Justine Siegel, because I know she's working her butt off for this. Very exciting. Check out all those tweets. There's a lot of really good tweets and photos on the uh, Trailblazer series hashtag, so go there. I'm going to um, retweet some of those after the episode comes out. So if you're, I don't know, too busy or too lazy to look it up, I'll be retweeting it after the episode comes out. Thanks again for sticking around for this Pretty short episode. I really appreciate it. I'm running out of steam already. Uh, I'm looking forward to see how this season ends up. I feel like, yowza, almost anything could happen. What's going to happen? Who's going to get hurt? That's basically what I've been thinking this whole time. (laughs) Who's going to get hurt? My bet is on whichever ace I am able to pick up somehow. (laughs) It's probably who's going to get hurt. So anyway... Hoping to get some guests back on the episodes. Um, I'm looking forward to getting perhaps a Phillies fan, perhaps a Mets fan to talk pretty soon. That's what I would like to do. I've got my first baseball game coming up this weekend, and I'm actually in a softball league. What? I just want as many reps as I can at the plate, so I'm playing softball. Plus, it's with a friend that I like, so I'm going to go do it. So whatever. Yeah, I'm going to play softball this year. Whatever. (laughs) So I'll be back with the, you know, the rundown there, my box score, whatnot. And yes, so please, you know, review, rate, subscribe, do all those things. Tell one friend about the podcast, one friend you think would like it, one friend you think maybe doesn't know about it, but might like it. Just tell a friend. Let's get some folks on this thing. Send me some tweets about other stuff you want me to talk about, because sometimes I feel like my Twitter people don't can't hear my voice, so they don't know what I mean when I say the things. So you can ask me baseball questions, but you know what? You can also ask me life questions. I want to answer those questions because to me, baseball is life and life is baseball. So they're interchangeable. It's the same stuff. Rate, review, subscribe. Follow me on Twitter at Rhea Butcher. Same thing on Instagram. Follow at Three Swings Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, And give uh, at Forever Dog Networks a look. I think that's what it's called. I always get it wrong. Um, And you know what? If you liked it, you liked it. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.